It's wrestling time once again, people. We are here to discuss everything AEW with AEW Revolution just around the corner. I'm your host, Tim. You may know me from one half of the spectacular duo of the Dummies of Horror podcast, but I am here to discuss all things wrestling, mainly AEW Revolution. And it's been a while since I got a chance to speak about AEW because, well, their pay-per-view schedule is much smaller than WWE's. But finally, we are here to talk about AEW, but this is going to be a uh, fun show because with WWE coming up in WrestleMania season, I do have a little bit to talk about with WWE as well. So I wanted to discuss a little bit about that before we get into AEW. But um, before we do that, welcome to Dummies of Wrestling. This is going to be a fun show. It's going to be an interesting show because Revolution is literally... Let me just let me just check. I'm, I'm pulling up my Fight TV app right now that will give me the actual time of when... Um, AEW Revolution is is on. As of this recording right now, it is 8.23 p.m. on a Friday night here in Australia, and AEW is exactly two days, 15 hours, 36 minutes, and 26 seconds away. And by uh, the... the <laughs> it's funny, man. It's funny. AEW, uh, if you asked me about a week ago... If you were, if I'm excited for AEW Revolution, I would have said not really. There's only really one match that's got me hooked, and that's obviously the world title match between MJF and Brian Danielson. But after this week's Dynamite, I am on the edge of my seat, ready for this pay per view. I am so I'm I'm in hook line and sinker. This week's Dynamite was fantastic from start to finish. I loved I loved the show so much. Uh, and it's got me really intrigued and um, invested in AEW Revolution, which is uh, coming up very soon. So I'm here to do the predictions. I'm going to give you all my predictions. And if you guys want to play along at home, and if you have never done this before, you're more than welcome to join. Basically, what we do is we just do a little game um, amongst ourselves. Uh, myself and, and some of the key listeners of this podcast, we all like to play a little uh, prediction game and whoever wins a prediction becomes the Dummies of Wrestling World Champion, which is nothing. You don't get a prize or anything. It's just bragging rights pretty much. Uh, right now, the current champion is my little brother, Zach Davis, who is holding the <laughs> the Dummies of Wrestling Championship, but he's painted it up to look like a dick, basically. So I, I'm just I'm going to just call it the Cock Championship. So Zach, have fun with your Cock Championship. But if you want to join in and try and win the Dummies of Wrestling Championship, then go over to the Dummies of Wrestling Facebook page, or Facebook group, sorry, and I've put up the scorecard for AEW Revolution. Just fill that son of a bitch in, send it to me uh, through, send it to my DMs, and I will uh, tally it up when we watch the show and give you a final score. And if you have the uh, most points at the end of the show, then you could become the champion. As long as there's no ties. If there is a tie, then the champion retains. That's how the game is played. And unfortunately, it sucks for a lot of people. I know Don and Nelly seems to always come up short just tying with someone and uh, a few other people. Rob Rob Hungy as well. So 
it's going to be fun, man. This uh, I've got a few uh, questions, bonus questions involved, so it's going to be a fun prediction score scorecard that I'm going to fill out, and uh, it's just a fun play along game at at home we can do. So, if you want to join, feel free. Go over to Dummies of Wrestling Facebook group and fill in the scorecard. So, with that being said, before we talk about AEW, we've got a lot to talk about now. I, I just wanted I just want to discuss WWE for a quick second because uh, WrestleMania is literally like thirty days away. It's so close. It's it's the next as as far as we know. It's the next big event for WWE, and it's the it is the biggest event of all of professional wrestling. It's the Super Bowl. It's the Grand Final. It's the uh, it's I don't know whatever you want to call it the uh, World Series or whatever of wrestling. It's the biggest event of the entire year. No matter what company you're in or what company you follow, everyone knows WrestleMania. So this is a time of the year that I'm always really into. I'm always really excited about what's the match is going to be, um, and the, and it usually starts around the Royal Rumble. Unfortunately, the past two Royal Rumbles this year and last year have been utter dog shit, in my opinion, and have really made WrestleMania kind of lackluster to me. And I want to touch upon things because now as WrestleMania season's getting closer, we're starting to form the matches that are going to be at WrestleMania. And there's one match in particular that I want to discuss, and I'm pretty sure you guys know exactly the match that I'm going to discuss, because it seems that... Vince Kennedy McMahon has now stepped back into the role of the booker by making one of the dumbest fucking matches in all of WrestleMania history. Brock Lesnar versus Olmos. Olmos, whatever you want to call him. Um, This is a match... Okay, when... I've listened to a few podcasts about this and no one is excited for this match. No one. No one. When it happened, when Omos challenged Lesnar, I thought it was a joke. I know a lot of people out there thought it was a joke, and a lot of people thought, okay, this match isn't going to stand. There's no way that Lesnar is fighting a untalented giant who can't move, who can't do anything, who is boring in the ring, who has a boring gimmick, is utterly dull. There's no way that Lesnar's doing this at WrestleMania. No, he is. <laughs> Jesus fuck. This is a fucking Vince McMahon move if I've ever seen one. It's uh, man, I'm now at that point where I'm convinced now. And I and I'm I'm pretty sure most everyone else is as well. I'm pretty convinced that Vince is now back running the show because there's no way that Triple H would book something like this. Triple H isn't perfect. By any stretch, no person is. But I don't think there's any way in his mind that he would think that Brock versus Almas is a good pick for WrestleMania. For WrestleMania. If this was any other pay-per-view, Backlash or something, some sorty event, then I could get with it. I'd be like, all right, fine. Let's see how this plays out. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. It's either going to be one of the funnest matches with Brock just squashing Omos, or it's going to be an absolute train wreck, which is what I'd put my money on. But for WrestleMania, this is this is a WrestleMania-worthy match. This right here. Okay. Oh, my God. 
WrestleMania has ha, is planning to give us some matches that I'm invested in. Seth Seth <laughs> Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul is a match that I'm invested in. I don't like Logan Paul. I don't think anyone really does, but we can all agree that he is fantastic in the ring. He knows how to move, and uh, he probably does a better um, finisher move than hang, Hangman Adam Page. But and there's, and there's other matches as well that, that have got me interested in, but the main event, Cody Rhodes versus Roman Reigns, I'm, uh, I'm going to be honest, man, I'm not really interested in it. And I don't think really anyone is after what we've seen with the bloodline and Sami Zayn. I don't think anyone's really invested in that match at all, but uh, what what can you do, man? Just uh, give Cody the titles, just be done with it. Although I am actually second guessing if he is going to win the titles. I would, I would absolutely love it if Cody lost WrestleMania and Roman kept the titles for another year. I'm... I'd be happy with that. I know there's people that are so against that idea, but fuck it. Just do it. <laughs> I think it'd be absolutely hilarious. But I don't know. WrestleMania season is still uh, a few weeks away, but I, j- I just wanted to get my two cents in with Brock versus Omos. I think it's a fucking, dis- <laughs> a fucking worst booking decision ever. This match, I, I-, I honestly believe this, this match is going to make... Uh, Undertaker versus Giant Gonzalez from the early 90s looked like a five-star event. That's how bad I can see this match being, but I don't know. Who knows? By then, almost might be able to do like, I don't know, walk around in the ring properly or something. What a, whatever. Who am I? I'm a, some Australian guy that doesn't know wrestling, apparently, even though I've done it. Anyway, that is it for WWE. We'll discuss WWE uh, later on in, uh, in a... A month? April, I think it is. Yeah, April is WrestleMania. So we'll discuss WWE at a later date. But right now, I know you guys are here for AEW. All Elite Wrestling. We're here to discuss AEW Revolution. And um, I I have some people I'm friends with. And I'm not going to name names because I don't want to embarrass them. But I have some people that are telling me that they're not interested in this pay-per-view. And they don't really care for the card. It doesn't interest them. And I'm... Kind of, I don't understand that, to be honest. I I'm, I honestly am invested in a lot of these matches. I mean, obviously, we got MJF versus Brian Danielson in a 60-minute Ironman match. What's not to like about that? That is a match. That's uh, that's going to be a six-star match, guaranteed. Um, you've got um, Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. This is a story that... It could have been better, but I mean, Christian's injury um, stopped that from being better. We can't really blame any of them, but this is a rivalry that's been going on really, really for for a long time, really, really well. Uh, this is a, this is a rivalry that I'm really invested in. I'm really excited for. And then, I mean, you've got the Fatal Four Way Tag Team Championship match with the Guns versus the Acclaimed versus Lethal and Jarrett and Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Which, look, I know. I know there's people out there that's like, Cassidy and Danhausen, like, there's so many other spots that, like, so many teams that could have gone to, and you're giving it to Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. I'm, um, I'm a Danhausen fan. I think he's fucking hilarious, and I think it's about time that he's actually on a pay-per-view instead of being on a pre-show. So, whatever, man. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that match. 
Um, John Moxley versus Adam Page in um, Texas Deathmatch. That's going to be fun, even though these two have just been battling for the past few months, and I'm kind of sick of them battling, but at least this one's going to be an interesting match. Uh, look, man, I'm not sitting here saying that this is going to be the most incredible AEW event of all time or anything like that, but from what Dynamite gave us this week, with the build-up of some matches, some, not all, I'm way more invested into this pay-per-view than I was a week ago. A week ago, I would have agreed with those people that said I'm not really interested in this pay-per-view. I would have been right there with you. I would have been holding a pitchfork and and torch and saying, to hell with AEW. But right now, I am, uh, I'm basically Frankenstein saying, leave it alone. You know, all that shit. So AEW Revolution, I'm invested. I think it's going to be a good event. I'm severely upset that (laughs) for the whole time I thought this event was happening on a Saturday night, which means it would be a Sunday for me here in Australia. Uh, Unfortunately, no, I got the dates wrong and it is uh, on a Sunday in America, which means it's on a fucking Monday for us here in Australia, which means I've got to go to work. I've got to do a whole day's work, then go home, then look after kids, put kids to bed, make sure that the kids shut up so I can finally watch it, which leaves me with about four hours max until I have to go to sleep to go to work the next day. And uh, with AEW pay-per-views, they generally run like six to eight hours. So I don't know how I'm going to do this. Um, And I am a sucker for Facebook. I cannot stay off Facebook for longer than two hours without having to open it and accidentally seeing a spoiler. So, uh, I don't know. If my boss was cool, he'd give me the day off, but no, he's not cool. So anyway, uh, let's discuss AEW Revolution. We're going to go down the match card. We're going to discuss the build-up, the lead-up, my predictions, and everything like that. So we'll start off... And and once again, I say this on every episode, but I don't know the match order. I don't know what's going to start. I mean, for all we know, the fucking championship match could start. It won't. It won't. And it's kind of, I'm kind of replying to a a tweet that Daniel, uh, sorry, Brian Danielson said about him liking to have his match going first so he can go to bed early because he's a fucking grandpa now. But I don't know what order these matches are going to be on. So I'm just going to pick one from random and we'll go from there. So the first match I want to discuss is the Trios Championship. The Elite versus the House of Black. Now, I am in two worlds with this match, to be perfectly honest. This is a match on paper. Holy shit, yes. This is a... I don't know what AEW's WrestleMania caliber pay-per-view is, but this is pretty much that. Uh, maybe it's double or nothing or something. I don't know. But this is like a a must-see match. This is Goldberg versus Hogan. This is Rock versus Hogan. This is Stone Cold versus Rock, you know? It's up there with a match that I'm dying to see. Both teams are excellent. I like both teams. And with trios teams, I think that these are the best trios teams in AEW. The Elite and the House of Black. My problem with this is there was absolutely no fucking build at all. At what a dis- what a disgusting written story of this. This could have been this could have led to one of the best fucking stories of the Elite versus the House of Black. 
This would be an incredible story. And look, we can be that um, glasses half full kind of guy and say, well, maybe this is the start of the story. And I want to, I want to be like that. I want to do that. But then when's the end of the story? The next pay-per-view in three months away, we're going to have the story go for three months. I mean, it's possible. Look at the bloodline, but this is a match that I would have just much preferred to have a longer, longer run, a longer build, a longer story, you know? This could have been an incredible story as to why these two teams come together, why the House of Black want the tag, the trios championships and all this stuff. It could have been amazing, but they decided to just go, oh, shit, we've run out of cha- um, trios tags for the trios titles. Uh, what are we going to do? Oh, let's just chuck in two teams and see what they can do. That's how it felt. So in saying that, I, I wish this build was so much better. I I can tell you right now, the match is going to be great because the ability of all six of these superstars is incredible. So the match is going to be great, but it could have been better with a better story. So the Elite versus House of Black. It's a tough one, man. It is a tough one. I think I've chosen the correct answer here. And for me to choose this, look, there's there's a want who I want to win and who I think are going to win. And they're both completely different. I want the House of Black to win because I'm a bigger fan of them. I'm picking the Elite to to keep the titles. I think that Omega gets a win over Brody King in the Who Pins Who. Omega pins Brody King. Um, I I see it as somewhat a quick roll-up finish. And then the House of Black getting the beatdown on the Elite afterwards. And this will continue the rivalry. That's what I think is going to happen. And, I mean, I'm all right with that. Build a story in this in this match. Do what I said and, and actually make this into a story. You know, we've had Death Triangle versus the Elite. That ended up being really entertaining and good. But let's do this. Let's do House of Black, the Elite. Let's give it a longer run and... Show something. Show show a story in this. So my predictions are: I've got the elite winning. I've got Omega pinning or over Omega over Brody King. Who gets the black mist in the eyes? Um, this was hard for me to be honest because I I could actually see they're not being missed at all, but I decided to chuck in Omega. I think he gets the mist in the eyes, and we'll just go with that. So I'm just throwing it out there. Whatever. So, that's who I got for the Trios Championship. Next matchup, we'll go with Chris Jericho versus Ricky Starks in a please let this be the final match. (laughs) This is a story. Let's talk about the story of Jericho versus Starks. Um, It started off really fucking good. Really good. Really, really strong with Action Andretti getting the from out of nowhere pin on Jericho that that started this story kind of in a, in a kind of went roundabout way. I actually had some fan booking on this story that I thought could have been better and I'm not tooting my own own horn, but I honestly, the way that this match came to be was that the JAS just kept getting one over Ricky Starks and kept beating him until the point where Ricky just 
begged Jericho for a match and Jericho declined only to be tricked into saying yes. That's not really a good story. You know what I would have rathered? Back at the start where Chris Jericho was defeated by Action Andrade. Have Jericho have a losing streak for a while against Ricky Starks, even uh, pretty Peter Alvarez, even that. All these jobbers and stuff, just have him, let him have a losing streak and let him have this back and forth with, with Ricky Starks. But instead of it having Ricky Starks be the one begging Jericho for the match, have it Jericho be the one begging Ricky Starks for this match, saying that I need to prove that I can beat you instead of the other way around. I honestly thought that would that would have been a better way of having Jericho have this have this streak of 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 losses and begging for his redemption. This is just me. I, I'm I'm I might be talking shit, but that's that's honestly I feel like that's a better story than what we're getting. Um, do I think that this rivalry will continue? I hope not. I hope not. I, I'm kind of getting over the JAS a little bit. Um, I think maybe, I, I, look, I don't even know how long the JAS has been around. It's been Has it been a year yet? Maybe? I, I don't know. But I'm kind of getting to the point now where the JAS are kind of run their course. It's kind of getting repetitive now. Um, I, I don't know. We could honestly see this going for another couple of months, Ricky versus JAS, but who knows? So who do I have winning? This is a re- This is a tough one. This is a tough decision. And I've got written down here an answer. I've got written in an answer and I'm literally deleting that right now and rewriting the answer. I'm picking Jericho to win this. I originally had Starks, but I'm picking Jericho. And the reason being is the whole stipulation of this match is does the JAS interfere? The JAS, Jericho Appreciation Society, are banned from ringside that's not to say that no one else can come and interfere. I feel like some fuckery is going to happen and someone else is going to interfere on this. I mean, for a loophole, imagine if Action Andrade turned on Ricky Stark, giving Jericho the win and joining the JAS. Imagine that. I'd pop a little bit. I would. I, I honestly would. Action Andrade is a guy that we should be checking out amongst a sea of other guys in AEW that should be getting a bigger push than what they are. Top flight, I'm talking to you. Um, But I can honestly see some fuckery happening in this match and Jericho getting the win over Starks. It's, It's hard though. At the same time, I can see Ricky Starks winning as well because Ricky Starks definitely needs the win more over Jericho, but he's already had that. And this is what I'm kind of worried about is if Jericho gets the win, then there'll be a third match, which will make the storyline continue. But I'm going to stick with my um, with my pick here. I'm going to go Jericho to win this. And does the JAS interfere? I say no, but I say that someone else interferes and joins the JAS. That's what I'm picking. So I'm saying no, no current JAS members will interfere, but we'll see. All right, next match. Let's go to the Triple Threat Women's Championship match. Jamie Hayter versus Soraya versus Ruby Soho. In a what the fuck is happening with the women's division in AEW match. Um, I had a... <laughs> I got woken up this morning 
to a barrage of messages from from good friends of mine. Some might call them nightmares that happened on Friday, and some might call them horrors. <laughs> some might call them slashes that happened on radio and horror lives, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. But these people... <laughs> That's so horrible. These people um, kind of, kind of <laughs> spoken to me about the storyline with Paige and sorry, not Paige, shit, Soraya and Tony Storm and what they're look. I've been pretty vocal about my confusion with the women's division division in AEW. I don't understand what's happening. I mean, I get what's happening. I get what's happening. Soraya and Tony Storm are trying to be the outsiders, aka Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, and take over like the NWO did. That's what I feel is happening. But they're doing it really poorly. There was no explanation as to why Soraya and Tony Storm turned heel. There was no explanation as to why they just decided to say, fuck every other woman, we're going out by ourselves. There's been nothing. And do you know what would help? Do you know what would help make this explanation better? A little dialogue. A little dialogue goes a long way of Soraya just grabbing the mic and going, we're doing this because ba 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 ba. Or something like that. Something to make us understand because you can you can plant the seeds, but you need to actually make sense of what's happening. We can all assume that this is what's happening because that doesn't make it a great story. That just ma- that makes it confusing and weird because Soraya just came to the company. She was put there as one of the top baby faces in the company, and then in what a month, two months. She's just decided to turn heel and say, fuck every other woman. Why? Why? And then and then Britt Baker has just suddenly turned babyface. Why? Because she's standing up for the AEW locker room, which a couple of months ago, she didn't give a fuck about. This whole storyline is confusing as hell. I, I don't get it. I think it's really poorly written. I think it's poorly put together, poorly acted as well. Uh, I, I honestly don't feel... I, I, honestly, I feel like the writers of the women's division do not give a fuck about the women's division. Whether that be Tony Khan, whether that be someone else, I feel that they do not give a fuck about this women's division. That's my own opinion. That's my own opinion and mine alone. If you are honestly enjoying the women's division and what's happening right now, good on you. Hey, I'm jealous of you because I don't understand what the fuck is happening. Is Ruby, is is the whole thing about Ruby Soho, like, is the whole thing about what team she's choosing? Is this what we're doing? Because I don't get it. I, I do not get what's happening. If we're going to go the NWO route with the women, then they're doing a really poor job of it. <laughs> and what, is Soraya meant to be the Hulk Hogan of this team? Or is she the Kevin Nash or the Scott Hall? Are we getting a bigger picture? Is Monet Money coming in to join? Because that's what's happening. If that's what's happening, that would make sense. But still, it's poorly put together. I'm sorry for people out there that think that this is really done, but I cannot agree with you. I think it's really poorly put together, really poorly written. Just give them the mic and explain why they're doing the things that they're doing. 
Why are they spray painting people's backs? I don't understand. That's my two cents. Sorry for a little rant, but I know that there's people I have to answer to because they think I watch AEW Dynamite with a blindfold, which I don't. I actually watch it clearer than most people. I think it's you that's watching with the blindfold. Heather. Anyway, Triple Threat Women's Championship at AEW Revolution. I've got Jamie Hayter winning. I don't see her... I don't see her... Uh, losing that title just yet. And quite honestly, I don't want her to lose that title. Soraya's too new. I feel like if they put the strap on her, it's just a comfort thing. It's more of a, uh, oh, thank you for doing for, for coming to us. Here's the championship. If Ruby Soho wins, I feel like she hasn't done enough in AEW to, to hold that title. Jamie Hayter is the only one here that's been, long, been in AEW long enough, has done enough, in AEW to hold that title, and I think she, she she should continue holding that title. Who pins who? I've got Jamie Hayter over Ruby Soho. Do we get an explanation for this story? I <laughs> and yes, you're 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 welcome. You're welcome to laugh at this question that I put in, but I honestly put this question in for a reason because I'm trying to figure out what's happening with this goddamn story. If, if this has actual plans to become something important, I'll gladly eat crow. I will gladly stand here and go, I was wrong. Tony Khan knows exactly what he's doing. This story is fucking gold. But I don't think I have to because I don't think that they know what they're doing. Do we get an explanation for this story? I really want to say yes, but I'm not going to. I don't think we get an explanation for this story. I think we get a good old beatdown with Britt and Saray going at it and uh, yeah, it's just going to be the same shit of Britt and Soraya fighting each other and then Tony Storm coming in and someone getting spray painted or whatever. Whatever. Anyway, I am in, I am interested in this match. I'm interested to see where it's going. I am holding out hope for something good. For something interesting. All right, next match here, we've got the TNT Championship. Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. Another rivalry that's been going on for a while, and I'm not entirely bored with it, but I'm not as invested as I should be. I did like the story of of why Samoa Joe cut off Wardlow's hair. I did like that. But all in all, I I feel like, once again, this could have been a stronger story. That's just me. I I feel like they could have built on it more. But instead, we had Wardlow, uh, sorry, Samoa Joe, cutting Wardlow's hair and, and punishing him for... Wardlow to be off TV for like four weeks. And that's too long. That's cooling him down too much, in my opinion. Either way, I think this is going to be a hard-hitting match. I am excited for it. I think it's going to be a grudge match, which I am excited for. Both these two competitors are great in their own ways. And uh, I think they have good chemistry together. So with that being said, I think Wardlow takes this championship. And the reason being is because Samoa Joe already holds the Ring of Honor TV championship, which now Ring of Honor has its own TV show. Thank fuck for that. Get Ring of Honor off my AEW, please. And uh, I think Samoa Joe then goes over to Ring of Honor and stays there. I mean, probably not because they'll probably still have Ring of Honor taking over AEW again. But that's what I think. I think some um, Wardlow gets back his, his uh, championship and we go from there. Interference. Yeah. I, I think that Powerhouse Hobbs comes out. 
I think he comes out and watches the match. I'm I'm so torn by this question. I wrote yes, and I'm going to stick with yes. But at the same time, I, I, I can see Powerhouse Hobbs just coming out and watching the carnage and seeing who his next person is fighting. I'm going to stick with yes, there is interference from Powerhouse Hobbs. Um, but I could be very wrong on that. Who knows? So TNT Championship, I have Wardlow winning with interference. Yes. Next match we've got is Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy in a rivalry that could have been better if Christian didn't injure himself, but you know what? Injuries happen. It's pro wrestling. You can't really help that. So unfortunately, this rivalry has been going on for a lot longer than it should have been, but... From that promo that Christian Cage cut on Jungle Boy, mwah, chef's kiss, mwah, absolutely gold. Christian is the next best heel underneath MJF, easily, easily. There is no one that, that comes close to either of them. They are both great at, at promos in the ring. Christian's still great in the ring. And then in Dynamite, if you watch carefully, Jungle Boy had a little video of him digging a grave. And at first, I was like, oh my God, are they doing a Buried Alive match? Is this what's happening? And I'm a little disappointed that they're not. Maybe that's a WWE trademark match and they can only do that in WWE. But if not, why would would you tease us like that? A Buried Alive match would be great. Would be great. But I'm guessing it's only an Undertaker thing, so can't really... Um, <clears throat> I have Jungle Boy winning this. I do. I have Jungle Boy winning this match. Is there blood? It's a no-holds-barred match, and I believe that there will be blood. We all know that Jungle Boy does bleed. Um, not as much as the next person I'm going to bring up, but he does bleed, so I believe that there will be blood in this match, yes. Does Luchasaurus return? He's got... He has to, right? He has to return. If he doesn't return, there's, there's something happening. And I know that there was that whole thing about his masks and copyright and all that stuff. So maybe they're, they're, they're getting that set or whatever. Just give him a different mask. Make make his own mask. I mean, how hard is it to ask someone to design a mask and then take all the trademark from him? I, I, don't, I don't know. I've never done it myself, so I don't know. But who knows? Um, but I do have Luchasaurus returning, yes. And... How like how does he return if I have Jungle Boy winning? Jungle Boy Jungle Boy beats off Luchasaurus, or does Luchasaurus then come to realization that Christian is a dick and takes out Christian, then reforms the um Jurassic Express? I don't see that happening. Either way, I do have Luchasaurus returning in some capacity. He doesn't even need to be interfered in this match. He can just stand at the top and watch. That's still class as a return. So either way, I'm I'm heavily invested in this match. This is a match that I wanted months ago. We're finally getting it now, and I, I can see this being an absolute brawl and uh, being a really entertaining match. So Jungle Boy to win, blood, yes, and Luchasaurus does retain. Speaking about blood, <laughs> John Moxley versus Adam Page. Hangman Adam Page, my apologies, in a Texas Death match. They always seem to to, to not call it a match. They just keep saying Texas Death. It's a Texas Death match. Call it a match. It's weird if you say Texas Death. What, are you going to throw a rattlesnake at him and kill him? Is that what you, is that what this thing is? They're just going to throw rattlesnakes at each other. Okay. Um, this is another rivalry that I don't really understand why it's happening. Why 
And I know they've explained why they're having this rivalry. I, I honestly can't remember, to be perfectly honest. I, um, something about not liking someone. I, I, I cannot remember why they don't like each other. Um, <laughs> I'm more, I'm so much more invested in the match than the, than the, the story in this. Hangman Page. Hangman Page is a guy that I hear a lot of people saying, I'm kind of lost on Hangman Page now. He doesn't really do anything for me anymore. And I can't argue with that, to be honest. I still like him, but not as much as I used to. He's kind of dulled down on me. He's 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 turned from red hot to a little bit ice cold lately. And um, I'm hoping this brings him back up, which is why I've got Hangman Page winning this bout. I do. Uh, who bleeds first? <laughs> I put this question in at, at the start for shits and giggles because I know everyone's going to cho- choose Moxley. I'm choosing Heyman Page to bleed first. I think that they'll twist this and and actually have Page bleed over Moxley first. I, I, I'm probably very, very wrong. But who knows? Who knows? So there's that. I'm interested in this match. I'm interested to see what happens and where it goes. So let's go with it. Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship. This is a weird build, but I'm invested into what happens with this match. Um, what's weird about it is you have... So so the Guns are versing the Acclaim, versing Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, versing Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. Okay, the Acclaim versus the Guns I can see. This is a match that they, they, they've had rivalries for many, many months now, and it's a rivalry that's been pretty pretty decent lately. But then you add Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett into the mix. I don't care. And I'm, I'm somewhat of a fan of Jeff Jarrett. I am. I know a lot of people out there are just done with Jarrett. They don't like him. I've always kind of been a fan of Jeff Jarrett, even from back in his WCW days when I used to watch him in 1999 being called the Chosen One, hitting people over the head with a guitar, calling them slap nuts, coming out to Kid Rock's version, or not, a, a rendered down version of Kid Rock's Cowboy. Back then, the WCW days were good. I don't care what anyone says. I used to love that shit. Um, I don't understand why, these, why this team is in it. And then you've got Orange Cassidy and Danhausen. And I understand why they're in it because their popularity is so high, but at the same time, yeah. look, they'll get they'll get both of them. They'll get a few spots here and there, but I don't think they have any chance of winning. I could be severely wrong. Severely wrong. I don't I just don't see them winning. I feel like they're coming in for comedic value only. But the problem is I feel like this could have been a better matchup. A better matchup. You know, we had the Casino Battle Royal uh, on Dynamite to determine who the fourth team is. And when Danhausen and Orange Cassidy came out, I, I, there was a little part of me that was like, uh, they won't win, but it'd be funny if they did. I honestly expected the Joker card or the last team to come out would be FTR. That's what I predicted, and I thought FTR would be added into this match because they've got a rivalry with the guns going on. Uh, they can do shit with the Acclaim. They can do shit with Jarrett and Lethal. I thought that would have been a perfect team to put into this Fatal 4-Way. There must be something going on with FTR. 
There must be. And I was actually listening to Dax Hardwood's podcast earlier today uh, where he was talking about the rise and fall of the pinnacle. And he mentioned a few things, not clear as day, but kind of cryptic about what's going on with them right now. And uh, he, he did kind of allude that there is a possibility of them leaving AEW. So I don't know what's actually going on with FTR at the moment, maybe they are leaving AEW, or maybe they're just getting some well-deserved rest, who knows, who knows, but um, yeah, there's so much, there's so many Easter eggs with FTR about what they're doing, who knows what's happening, but the other thing that I found funny with this Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Championship match is that the Acclaimed invoked their rematch clause to be in this match, yet why would you do that in a fatal four-way match? Wouldn't you just wait till it's just one team versus one team, a singles match? Why would you do it at a fatal four-way? I'm guessing they want that pay-per-view revenue money. Maybe that's what it is. But either way, man, I'm in, I'm interested in this match. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm so I'm good to the seat. I need to see what's going to happen. I'm not that invested. But I just want to see Danhausen do some funny shit. Uh, I have the guns retaining. I do. I have the guns retaining. I can see that the guns and the acclaim could further their rivalry after this uh, fatal four-way match. And I have Colton gun over Danhausen. I think Danhausen, unfortunately, will take the fall in this because he can. He can take the fall and still be valuable to the company, uh, which is un- which is unfortunate. I'd love to see Danhausen with a fucking a run with the All-Atlantic title or something like that. I, I think it'd be funny. Um, the last the, the, the last match, that's what we're on right now. The main event, the AEW World Championship, MJF versus Brian Danielson in probably my most anticipated match of the whole card. For obvious reasons, MJF is absolutely gold. Brian Danielson is great at what he does. And this build has been spectacular. It's been really good. It's kept me on the edge of the seat. And with what happened at the end of Dynamite this week, with Brian shouting to MJF saying, I will kick your fucking head in. Holy shit. Goosebumps. Still right now, even just saying it. Absolute goosebumps. I am so invested in this match. I think it's going to be fantastic. MJF is not just fascinating to watch on the microphone. He is so good in the ring. He knows how to work a crowd. He is so good in the fucking ring. I can't wait to see this match and a 60-man iron, a 60-minute Iron Man match. Wow, that's going to be great. That's going to be absolutely spectacular. I can't wait. Um, I think it's no shock that I got MJF retaining the championship. I would like to see Brian Danielson have the title at some point, but at the moment... MJF just got the title. He literally got the title uh, at the last pay-per-view. It is way too early to have him drop it. Way too early. Uh, I, I honestly believe that MJF will keep this title until 2024. And I'm so okay with that. I really am. I think he really needs that title more than the title needs him. I think he needs it. Uh, it. It just goes so well with his character and everything. I think he's a fantastic champ. He's doing so such good work right now. Um, I'm interested to see what happens after this rivalry, who he goes with next. Could be Hangman Adam Page, for all we know. Um, who gets the first fall? 
I, I, I think that Brian Danielson will get the first four, which will make uh, MJF kind of freak out a little bit. And then it'll give us all our fans the the hope that Danielson will win, which will then be turned into, ah, uh, uh, nope, MJF still champion. How many falls altogether? I've got two falls from Brian Danielson and three falls from MJF, given a total of five. Five falls altogether in this match. Will there be blood? Yes. Yes, there has to be blood. It's an Iron Man match. There has to be blood in this match. It's a 60-minute Iron Man match. There has to be some form of laceration or cut or something. And it's probably going to be MJF or, or both, probably. They're both gonna, probably going to bleed. I, uh, I'm, I'm super excited for this match, which is funny because an hour-long match sounds so long. But it's going to be great. It's going to be hard-hitting. It's going to be... This rivalry is now turned into something personal. And that's what I'm all about. So give it to me. Let's do it. My last question of this pay-per-view on the scorecard is... Does CM Punk return? And this one is interesting because... Uh, it's so hard to pick because there have been so many hints at CM Punk's return. At the same time, there's been so many people saying, no, CM Punk is done with professional wrestling altogether. I'm just I'm, I'm just going out of a loophole here and just, and just saying, yes, we see CM Punk come back in some form or way. Um, I feel that he will come back to AEW. I think it's only just a matter of time before he comes back. And um, I, I'm kind of, I kind of want him to come back. You know, I, I know he's not very well liked. He's not my favorite wrestler of, of, by any stretch, but I do like the guy. He obviously brings interest into the company, which is something that AEW definitely needs. And um, I, I, I hope he does come back. I really do. So I picked yes. CM Punk does return, or we get like a hint of him, which whatever. But that is my AEW Revolution predictions. That's what I've got written here, and that's what I'm going to go with. So if you want to join in, be sure to get your predictions in before the event. Once the event starts, and that includes the pre-show, I'm not counting your predictions. So get them in now, people. Get them in now. Well, that concludes this episode of Dummies of Wrestling. We are, man, I hope this pay-per-view is good. I really do. That, I mean, AEW pay-per-views have always been pretty decent. They've always been something to talk about afterwards. So I think this is going to continue with that, but we will see. We will see. So I will catch you on the next episode, which will be the AEW uh, Revolution Review, which will be coming out next week. But until then, guys, get your predictions in ASAP, and I will see you soon. <laughs>